back again for another episode of the TagCast. I'm your host, Finner765, and I'm joined by, oh, I don't even know what to say about him. He's just, he's just top quality human being, Mr. Optimus Fett. How are you, sir? You know what, Finn? <clears throat> I'm really good, and I'm just going to get this out of the way. I am not excited about the Borderlands movie, so you can't sneak that in today. So, boom, of a bitch. shakalaka, son. <laughs> Suck it! You've been sitting on that for like a week or two, two at least, right? Two days. Two days. <laughs> <laughs> steal my thunder. Well, I mean, I was going to try to get Ubo to do that to you, but we are also joined by Ubo. He's here to talk with us about video games. So, Ubo, how are you doing, sir? I'm I'm very sad now because I was starting to feel the Borderlands love and... The hop just killed it for me. I, I, you You're know, so full of shit, dude. <laughs> just, I was getting all jazz for the movie with Kevin Hart and uh, that Kate woman so that's bad. in every movie. It's going to be it's so just, bad. I'm, I'm just going to be so I'm so bad. sad now. I'm so sad. <laughs> you should be sad because it's going to be so bad. I, Randy Pitchford was going <clears> to <throat> be in it. He was going to do a magic trick. Maybe it'll include oh, a lawyer. Who knows? Oh, God. But, God, it hurts. <laughs> oh, man. You know, it could be anything. Randy well, Pitchford. <laughs> you know, Hop, I, here's the thing. What if it's good? Like, what if it's good? Can you even just, like, have a sliver of hope for good? No. <laughs> Man, you are, like, pouring the gasoline into that dumpster fire. Just, you know, you're like the Joker in uh, The Dark Knight Rises when it's that pile of money. Have seen the cast? The cast is completely miscast. I'm sorry. It's going to be bad. I just, wh- why? why? I don't disagree why? with you. It seems weird what you, they've done. Why don't you believe in a Kevin Hart love triangle with uh, that other girl is? Oh, I'm blanking Kate, on the name. No. Talking about Kate Blanchett, yeah. and, who's playing Kate, Lilith. Yeah. Kate Blanchett, who's supposed just... to be Lilith, who's like pretty old. And then Jamie Lee Curtis, who's like in her 70s, is supposed to be Tannis, who's supposed yep. to be maybe in her late 30s. Just brilliant casting. Mm-hmm. But you have Jack yeah. Black as Claptrap. Okay, that's, that's the only that is like the only bit of good casting that works. Every the rest of it's terrible. All right, anyway. well. I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie. This morning, when B Daddy posted that uh Jack Black video, that made my heart sing for the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna now that we've gotten the Borderlands movie conversation out of the way, and I couldn't just spring it on you randomly through the episode. Uh, let's talk about some games and what we've been playing lately. I mean, I'll just be honest, guys. I'm I'm trying to become the next Elden Lord in Elden Ring, and it is it has taken me forever to get through, but I am loving every minute of it. I have also dived into some PUBG, and I did try out that April Fool's uh chicken mode where they have a giant chicken walking around the map, and it's pretty wild and crazy. It's definitely worth a shot just to see it one time hop if you want to boot up your PUBG. And then finally. I have joined our tag Super Mega Baseball 3 League. We got, I think, about four of us playing in it right now, but we're going to try to make a go of it and uh, rotate some games in and see who is the best uh, player. I am the Platypie, and I have a guy named Beefcake McStevens on my team, so I am happy as can be with this game. 
So <laughs> that's it for me. Uh, Uba, what have you been playing? Uh, you know, I've been on my usual um, games as, as a service bender, um, which Queen came out for Destiny 2 um, in February. I've been down that rabbit hole for the past month or so. Um, really enjoying it. I thought I think in terms of um, PVE content, it's probably some of Bungie's best um, in terms of difficulty and balance and progression and and a really solid story. Um, PVE, I haven't touched. It's a bit of a shit show. They they tried introducing updated uh, subclasses. Uh, specifically void stuff. I don't know if uh, you guys have played in a while, but it, they have different el- elements and they're starting to retune some of the old stuff. And for PvP purposes, it's just breaking the game. It's almost at the point where I think Bungie's kind of said, you know what? We're kind of at the end of the game's life cycle. We're just going to break shit and have fun with it. Like it's oh, kind of gone yeah. off the rails, but it's it's super fun is the thing is just if you're looking for a competitive um balance shooter this is not the this is not the game like it's no law hasn't been that game for a long time right um so yeah i've been doing that um i went into a very deep dark mmo hole um that with are you dead and uh, i'm still kind of in that hole at times with uh, final fantasy 14 and walker um, so I started late, um, playing that game. So I had to play through all of it from beginning to end. Uh, and I started in September playing and I didn't catch up until I think January with the new content. Like there was so much there. Um, and the surprising thing is like in terms of, um, story, some of, um, Final Fantasy's best storytelling. Um, granted, they've had 10 years to kind of figure this out and kind of sort out the story. And you can kind of tell the, the story is kind of patchworked together over the life of the entire game. But where they finally get to is just, uh, it's really well done. And then, you know, I, I keep hearing from Fen about his love for Elden Ring and all things That's Dark so Souls, good. and it, so amazing. I, I've been trying to connect with you for months, and it's it just seems like you've been dodging me for like six months, <laughs> moving time zones and everything. Like I don't know what's going on. So I decided, you know what? I kind of wanted to try Elden Ring out, but I'm a little scared. Okay, I'm not gonna be honest. Uh, first time I heard of a Dark Souls game, a friend of mine told me, listen, Ubo, you smash controllers. Don't play Dark Souls. You're going to smash your controller. <laughs> and so I've I've dodged it for so many years. And uh, I thought, you know, after playing Witcher 3, I really enjoyed Witcher 3. And watching Elden Ring gives me those kind of open world Witcher three vibes not in terms of storytelling but just that medieval gr- dirty grimy world right yep i don't want to pay 80 bucks for elden ring though so to try it out 
I decided I would try Bloodborne, uh, which is a PS exclusive. It's actually free if you have a PlayStation 5 on the PlayStation collection. So they're like when PS5 launched, they launched also with a number of games that if you had a PS5 and a PS Plus subscription, you had access to their classic games. So you're looking at God of War 2018, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, Persona 5. That's how I went down that dark Persona 5 hole. And Bloodborne is on that list. And I can tell you right now, this game I cannot play at night. So it's it's got a gothic a Victorian gothic horror vibe. That's not the issue. The issue is it being a Dark Souls game and everything one shot in you at times. Mm-hmm. My blood pressure is through the roof while I'm playing. Like I am tense. It's not a before get a bed game for me because I'm just stressed out playing the whole time. <laughs> so the funny thing is I started playing and I I kid you not, Fen, in the first 10 minutes, I was about ready to quit the game. The very first mob in the game is this werewolf that's a third has a third of its health bar left. And you wake up in the lab and it's in the way for you for uh for you getting out. And you know, I understand it's a Dark Souls game. I got to dodge. I got to move. So I'm dodging. I'm trying to learn the patterns. And this thing just keeps bitch smacking me. And I cannot Sounds kill it because right. the, amount, about, the amount of damage I'm doing to it is like two, two HP per hit because I'm using fists here. Ten minutes in, I've already lost all my currency because, you know, as you, when you die, you drop souls. I couldn't mm-hmm. find it the first time playing. I didn't know where it was. I lost it. I was so mad. I re-rolled the character again. Same thing happened. And then I was about ready to quit. I'm like, this can't be how the developers do this game. So I'm looking around this lab for a weapon. Something, right? Nothing. I get killed again. I You respawn in, like, you die, you respawn in, like, um, Purgatory Hunter's Dream is what they call it. And I start walking around and say, okay, is there something in here? And there's these weird little skulls popping up in the floor. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Part of my language. And it's like, oh. We're an adult podcast. It's okay. Okay. Press, (laughs) Press R1 for a quick attack. Press R2 for a light attack. I'm like, seriously, this is the tutorial for the game? Is this how old Dark Souls games are? There's like no hand-holding in this game. There's no tutorial telling me what the hell I should be doing. So I'm walking around, and then one of the skulls is like, gives you that old Legend of Zelda old man in a cave thing. Hey, it's dangerous out there. Take this. It's a weapon. I'm like, you son of a bitch. (laughs) And so I get a weapon. Go back in, and I kill the damn thing. And it's like the entire game was is like this. And it just took me forever to just rewire my brain because I'm an anxious player. And going into it, I knew I had to set my expectations accordingly. I'm going to die a lot. Fine. It's the dying part I don't mind. It's the getting my stuff back when I die. That's the part that scares the shit out of me. Yep. So... 
you know, it's taking time for me to rewire my brain. Like it's been a couple weeks and it's like, you know, frustrating at times, banging my head against the wall. Uh, I'll, I'll play just a tip with areas. Like I'll go into a new area. I'll fight, you know, I'll clear out a whole bunch of mobs. I'll, I'll walk into a new area. I'll see an ogre, which I've never seen before. I'm like, fuck this. I'm going back to that shrine and I'm going to sell my shit, like spend yep. my currency. And it's just like, all little little bits like this, like so anxious. So I, I had to start using a guide. Like after I'll explore an area, I'll, I'll look a guide to kind of alleviate my anxiety. But holy shit, when I finally killed that first boss after like five, six attempts and losing a whole lot of currency to the stupid ass boss and the trash on the way to get in there, what an addictive yep. high. Not just wait until like, you're playing it like late at night. I know you said you probably won't do it, but you're playing at night and you get on a roll of killing bosses. Like you don't want to yeah. quit, right? So yeah, it's it, it's just like all that high. Now I get it. Mm-hmm. Now I get why. Um, and it you yeah, know and, it definitely takes time to to kind of figure out the mechanics of the game because, like you said, they don't hold your hand through it. You just gotta trial and error, learn, test walk around places to see what's there and hopefully you find the right clues. And, you know, earlier tonight, uh, before we start recording, I was playing some Elden ring and I just lost a hundred over a hundred thousand runes. Uh, and it like, I was just like, you stupid son of a bitch. Like, and I was, you know, cursing at whatever character killed me, but it was really my own dumb fault. So, you know, that's the beautiful thing about these games. I feel like it's, it never feels cheap. Like you got, you died because of some, you know, BS mechanic that oh, you can't deal with. So I'll, I disagree on that. When some little squid monster comes up to me that I've never seen before, grabs me, sucks the majority of my life out, and then has a huge engorged member on the top of his head, and then is no longer sendable, I call bullshit. That was some <laughs> bullshit. I'm like, what the hell just happened? Yeah, but um, but once like now you know, right? And that's the thing. It's mm-hmm. that's the whole point of the game. So I'm glad you're enjoying yeah. Bloodborne. I hope you get through it. And then if you ever decide to get your toes wet in Elden Ring, I'm probably sure I'm still playing it. And I would love <laughs> I can tell you, you know, my experience. We have plenty of people on our server that know quite a bit about it that have already beaten it too. So I mean, the fascinating thing I find about uh, Bloodborne compared to some of compared to Elden Ring and some of the other Dark Souls games, um, it's not like I I had a friend play through them and he always talked about doing turtle builds and how you had to block a ton in Dark Souls. And there's no blocking mechanic in this game. Um, It's all dodge based and it actually rewards aggressiveness like I. Initially, when I was playing against some bosses, I would try to keep my distance and kind of can't turtle. I don't have a shield, but try to keep my distance. I'm getting owned. The game rewards being aggressive because it has a mechanic where if you get hit, you know how your life bar goes from solid red to a pink red is the amount you just lost. It gives you about a couple seconds for you to, if you can attack in that time frame, you can get your life back. So it rewards you f- for being sometimes even stupidly aggressive, 
because you can take a couple hits, but you can get your life back and keep going. Yeah. And it's apparently plays much differently than the other games. Yeah. It, it's, and it's, I've it's, had a ton of fun. It's definitely a very different game. And one day I hope to get a chance to try that out. So I'm glad you're enjoying it. And uh, thanks for, you know, jumping into the deep end of the Soulsborne genre with us. Uh, Hop, what's going on with you, man? You've uh, been doing some stuff lately. Uh, let's see. I picked up um, a new uh, indie game that's very much like Tempest and Geometry Wars had a baby. It's called Devastator. Uh, B Daddy's also playing it. It's it's fun, but it's really hard. It's like old school retro twin stick shooter hell. That's been really fun in short bursts. Uh, picked up another classic retro shoot 'em up because I'm hooked on those right now. Uh, Blazing Star, which was on the Neo Geo, and it's part of the uh, ACA Neo Geo games. On uh, I think they're available almost on every system for about five to eight bucks. Um, they finally patched Warzone. There's a new Rebirth Island that's a ton of fun. It's actually the most fun I've ever had in Warzone, and also Caldera's fix. So that's been good. And then. This little game dropped about two weeks ago that is my new crack. You know it, you love it. Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. It's basically, you know, a Borderlands game in a fantasy setting. And, uh, yeah, I've been on Endgame since about day three, farming for Chaos Gear. Uh, My build's already pretty powerful, but I'm always trying to make it a little bit better. Um, It's a ton of fun. The humor is on point. The campaign's not too long. The entire game is great because it scales no matter what. Like, if you finish the story and you go back later, all of the missions are scaled to your level, so you don't feel like you're wasting your time going back to do side quests you might have missed. There's a ton of hidden gags, a ton of stuff to find. I mean, I haven't even done all of the side missions or found all the stuff in the main game because I've been pretty hooked on uh, the Chaos uh, Arena with Kick. That's pretty much what we do when we get on. Is we, we do Chaos runs. Um, we were testing out how high we could go, and still we, we got pretty high up. It's like Rifts mode from Diablo, Ubo. We got a pretty, to a pretty high difficulty, and then this one boss just, like, it took us, like, an hour to kill this one boss and i was like okay that's fucking ridiculous so we had to tone it down and we're gonna try it again once we get some more uh synchronized builds going but um i've gotten a lot more better weapons since then i've tweaked my skill tree uh got a pretty high dps melee build now so we might be able to chase that again but yeah if you're into looter shooter dungeon crawler co-op games with full cross play hit me up for some tiny tina's wonderlands it's a good time and that's crossplay with PlayStation. Everything. I don't get it. Why won't they do Borderlands 3? They are later. It's coming in a patch. They wouldn't do it originally cuz Sony Sony wanted them to re pay to uh license it on the PlayStation Store, but I think they're giving them a free pass now finally. That's the story I heard. You through all of the uh deep Reddit dives you go through sometimes, right sir? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <clears throat> All right. Well, guys, I'm glad you're having some fun playing games and enjoying this wonderful hobby. But I want to turn it to some news that we got going on. Uh, it's been a busy few weeks since we last recorded. And the first story I'm going to go with is the Halo Infinite has 
came out like hotcakes. It was, you know, taking the world by storm. People were loving it, uh, or some people were loving it, and it, it really enjoying the multiplayer, enjoying the campaign, all that stuff. And then about two weeks went by, and everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people were like, this is boring because it's the same five maps. It's the same game modes. There's nothing exciting happening, no changes, nothing going on. And as time went on, the six-month season, one, uh, keeps just dragging and dragging and dragging with no new content updates. Not a lot of new modes, just not a lot of new, really, keeping people engaged. Well, I guess uh, Mr. Gerard, the uh, one of the community directors, he went on Reddit and you know, he had this big long post about uh, what's going on with the state of things. And he pretty much summed it up in one statement. And it was, uh, we understand the community is simply out of patience right now. Season two starts May 3rd, as long as it doesn't get delayed. So we'll see what happens. They've already teased some things in a Halo Waypoint post. But yeah, you know, I've said before... Honestly, I'd be playing Halo right now if it wasn't for Elden Ring, but or you know a few other games. It's just to me, there's too much content out right now for me to stick to one game besides Elden Ring. Um, in terms of a multiplayer standpoint, like I'm bouncing around to everything. So I love Halo Infinite. I think it plays well. I just you know am choosing to spend my time with other games, and it's nothing against Halo Infinite, but I can understand perfectly why people are bored and leaving the game and waiting for new stuff to come out. And I wonder if it'll be too late, too little, too late when it does come out. Hopefully they give you a big content drop. Hop, you've said your piece about Halo multiple times, but would new content get you to come back to it a little bit to try it out again? Uh, okay, except that their press release said they're bringing one new arena map and one new big team battle map for season two. That's fucking bullshit. There should be at least five new maps. I was hoping that was just more of a tease. I was hoping it was a tease, but you're right. Like it wasn't very clear. It's horrible. And it's not just me. I feel validated that so many of the Halo YouTubers and streamers, they're all fed up too. They are all like, what the fuck? Fix your fucking game. Make customs work. Where is the content? You're right. It, it released and it was cool. And you know, I had my issues with it and I was hoping it would get better. But it's taking a long time for them to do anything. I, I, I don't know, man. I'm kind of washing my hands of the whole thing and walking away. I probably won't go back to Infinite at this point. It just it sounds like a giant train wreck. Well, I still have hope. I still hope that it will be fine. Uh, moving on to another big uh, Xbox IP. So, you know, ray tracing is like the new metric for games, apparently, for people to say that it's better for them. Well... Uh, Minecraft had uh, ray tracing turned on on the Xbox Series consoles briefly. Uh, it was apparently a bug. Uh, they didn't plan on having it released on the consoles, but it was a mistake. And then they quickly yeah, it was pulled like it a away. Preview build or something. Yeah, yeah. And they quickly pulled um, it away. You know, like everybody's like, "Oh, ray tracing, ray tracing, ray tracing." Can the PS5 and the Xbox Series X do ray tracing? Yes. Can they do it on the level of a 3070 or 3080 graphics card? No. 
Um, they have just enough juice to turn on a little bit of ray tracing with some sacrifices, like lower resolution, lower frame rates, lower texture, removal of depth of field. Um, I don't really like if it's implemented well in certain games. Okay, like Resident Evil Eight, I thought did it really well, uh, especially because you still get the sixty frames, and all they added was some reflections for things, and that was fine. But other games, you have to sacrifice, you know, frame rate. And for mm -hmm. me, frame rate's priority. I, I need sixty frames, pretty much. If you can't give me sixty frames, the odds of me playing your game are going way down. Unless it's a really slow RPG, then thirty frames is probably fine. Uh, but I don't need 120 frames, uh, you know. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, but I get it. I mean, it just, uh, the video they showed of Minecraft with ray tracing on a PC like two or three years ago looked awesome. And there was a recent video where somebody took the original Doom and added rate a ray tracing patch to it, and that looks insane. But uh, it's probably going to be another generation before that's a console-like standard. Yeah, I played um, Miles Morales Spider-Man with ray tracing on at it, and I think it was before they released. Um, like, there's they ended up releasing a third mode, so it was like performance mode at 60 frames, ray tracing mode, but at 30 frames, and then they released then like a, a balanced mode. Yeah, where it was like ray tracing, but they tr minimized in parts because you're trying to keep it at 60. Uh, I played through it with ray tracing on, and it is the graphical difference is astounding. Right, if it's done well, you can see it. But some games they turn it on, and it's like like the ray tracing they just added to Grand Theft Auto Five for PlayStation and uh, Xbox Series X. Really, you'd be really hard pressed to see it really hard pressed to yeah, see it, it and was, it's only it's only yeah. ray trace shadows and it's only ray trace shadows from the natural sun not from any lights in the game so it's okay. really kind of hokey because in miles morales like spider-man i'd be glued to the um side of a si skyscraper building and to be able to see my reflection off of the building right it was just mind blowing, like holy smokes! And I played around with like turn it on, turn it off, turn it on, turn it off, yeah, because I wanted to see the difference. Is like holy shit to be able to see through the glass and still see your reflection and see the light source behind you, and it was just like wow, like it normal in sixty frames, you don't see your reflection. You could see right. the inside, but you wouldn't see your reflection. So it it is. When it works well, holy smokes. Yeah, I mean, ray tracing is definitely, like Hop said, I think it's one of those newer technology pieces that is in its infant stage, right? And as time goes on and well, systems on get console, better. On, on, on PC, yeah. they're hitting their stride because they have the horsepower to yeah. do that. But, but like you're it's, paying like a, a couple premium. thousand just yeah. for the fucking <laughs> card. Yeah. Well, if you can find one. Yeah, if you can find one. Well, I just thought that was pretty cool. I mean, and Minecraft is not really like a technical powerhouse of a graphics game. So ray tracing in that would probably help it in a lot of ways, uh, especially because some of the things with that game that lighting becomes challenging in a lot 
in some of the caves or some of the at night during the world, uh, like having some more ray traced elements would probably make the lighting seem more realistic. Not as not realistic, but just uh, engaging in that world. So that would be kind of right. cool to see. So uh, the next story, I I kind of had a laugh with this one. I was uh, kind of perusing through IGN and I came across the story and uh, Hop, I don't know if you're familiar with the semi-pro Call of Duty player Kenji. Saw that. No, but I saw the story you're talking about. Yeah, so he was accused of cheating and he was like, I'm not cheating. Let me set up this like secondary camera of showing me playing the game with my screens in front of me and I'm completely legit. Well, he pretty much also showed his wall hacks, uh, while he was playing and, uh, somebody was able to catch it. He was, I guess he didn't turn it off in time or something, but I watched the video and you can clearly see like the part where he's like seeing players through the walls. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty wild. And then since then he's deleted like all of his social media. He is like completely gone off grid. It seems like, uh, but I, I thought that was kind of funny that he would, in order to prove he wasn't cheating, he proved he was cheating. Uh, just, just wild. I, I still will never understand why somebody cheats in a game. You know, well, there's money in it, right? I mean, I guess, right? But, but yeah. Next up, this was kind of a bummer. Uh, not surprising in a lot of ways, but Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 was delayed to 2023. I know a lot of people were really looking forward to that. And, you know, we still haven't gotten an official title or, you know, whether it is legit a, like, numbered sequel to this game or if it will be its own name. Uh, so we just know it exists, I guess, right? But... I uh, I hope those of you with a Switch are really looking forward to it and will be able to get to play it early in 2023 and not have to wait for a really long time. I guess spring 2023 is... Yeah, I, I almost wonder if the delay is due to hardware constraints because the Switch is, is already at its max with games like Pokemon Ar- Ar- Arceus. True. And... If they're talking about Breath of the Wild 2 being an expansion of the open world of the first game where you're adding Sky Islands to a already pretty huge open world kind of environment, like I like I don't know if they're having issues down like trying to downgrade the software, like the game into that software or into the hardware, or if they're waiting for the release of like a switch pro, something with more horsepower, right? Like it's, is there's a lot of theories going on and no one's quite sure, but that game looks huge from the trailers they've shown. I will say if, like I, I don't mean to go back to Elden Ring, but honestly, I am shocked by how big Elden Ring is, and I mean, the map just keeps increasing, increasing, and then all of a sudden, there's a massive underground world that is almost, not almost, but rather large, 
uh, compared to, you know, many other games. So, I mean, I think maybe developers are just starting to figure out compression and all that stuff that makes it a lot easier to do some of these things that have larger things. So, uh, yeah, I, I really think, you know, I really hope that people will get a chance to try out, uh, like I said, that earlier. And that'd be interesting to see if you're right, if they do come out with a new switch. I mean, they just came out with the OLED version not too long ago. Right. Right. But it wasn't really a hardware upgrade. No. It was more of a screen upgrade, but not a horsepower okay. upgrade. Well, this next story is something I've downloaded. I just haven't had a chance to try yet, but uh, Fortnite has zero build now. Oh God. And I know our buddy Warlock has tried it out a few times. I I have it downloaded, planned to try out sometime soon. And it is permanent. You could do solos, duos, trios, and squads. And it will be here for a while. Uh, it doesn't seem like it's going away. And the building mode, I guess, is back in the game. But if you are want to try out a third-person you know, battle royale without building, make it happen. It's good to yeah, do some Fortnite. My kids started playing a ton of Fortnite, and if you ever see me online, PlayStation playing Fortnite, it's probably my eight-year-old. And <laughs> and to hear my ten-year-old lecture my eight-year-old about practicing his one v ones to get better at them to win because he needs to if he wants to get better at the game, and he needs to practice. What is it about? What is it about that? Because my my daughter is the older one, ten and a half, and she you know talks to her little brother no no if you want to build this in <laughs> minecraft or you want to do this like they're know-it-alls it's hilarious yep. <laughs> yeah oh like i'm lecture- listening to this lecture and i'm just like oh, yeah. oh my god yeah. I there can't. are moments where i have to interject like, all right that's enough <laughs> he's not having fun don't make him play right out of royale mode just to win 1v1s like come on <laughs> yeah but, yeah it's, it's funny in the chat they're talking about you know it they always assume that it's pe- tags people's kids when they're playing Fortnite but i have a feeling there's a few people trying it out right now cuz they want to they want to know what it's like to maybe play a little bit without having to deal with somebody building a massive skyscraper in the matter of 30 seconds or less so uh i plan on trying it out soon maybe uh you guys will join me we'll see I, is it crossplay i don't even know like it's been so long since i've toyed around with Fortnite. uh yes actually I would, i'm pretty sure it is might Epic have to get you on there one. yeah i might have to get you on there Ubo, to yeah, do some Fortnite. I, I will i will sit in the headset and i'll just hand the control over to my 10 year old play all of the warzone rebirth you want finn i'm i'm not touching Fortnite again I understand. Uh, We'll get into this maybe a little bit later, but I wanted to at least just hit the highlights quickly. Uh, PlayStation has finally announced their uh, new upgraded version of PlayStation Plus, and that has three different tiers. You have PlayStation Essential, PlayStation Extra, PlayStation Premium, and respectively they are $10, $15, and $18 a month for each of those services. Now... The essential is just pretty much, if I understand correctly, your access to online gaming, and that's pretty much it. Uh, you get some, you know, you get a couple games a month, but that, you know, just kind of, that's where it ends. Now, the extra 
current service. It's yeah. pretty much what PlayStation Plus is now. Yep. And then you have your extra and premium, and, and those have some variation to it. Uh, but pretty much that's where you start getting access to a catalog of games that you can, uh, some of which you can download, some of which you can only stream, depending on the the, the model or the, the level you choose. And it does have some backwards compatibility behind it uh, for some of those PS1, 2, and 3 games. Uh, so yeah, there's just, there's a lot of variation to it, but they've, they finally have come out with their, I guess, I mean, we'll like we'll talk about it later, but game cat game pass competitor and competing, competing service. There we go. That's the word I was looking for. So yes, in terms of more subscription news, I, I kind of just was flabbergasted by this and I use that word emphatically GTA online is coming out with their own subscription service called GTA plus. And I'm going to take a sidebar for a second, but what is it about everybody calling their service plus? Is there like some kind of, I don't know, (laughs) Illuminati secret society that was like, we have to add the plus sign to everything. Uh, First Hulu plus. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's just, was, it's wild i was watching a south park uh covid special where they're doing like a future oh, cast and in the future it was like everything was named best buy plus best buy max but target plus target max everything had max and plus on it <laughs> anthem brings up a point google plus works so well <laughs> i mean oh. it's a google service they had to abandon it at some point right but uh I mean, yeah, it's just like Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, uh, GTA Plus, CNN Plus, uh, Paramount Plus. Like, it just keeps going on and on. Um, but the uh, going back to the GTA thing, it's pretty wild that they've done this, right? Not only have they released GTA on three different generations, they have they're now having the subscription service that's only available on the newest generation at six dollars a month and you get a reoccurring monthly deposit of five hundred thousand dollars into your bank your gta bank account which allows you to buy places and things you get access to exclusive properties vehicles upgrades discounts and cash and role-playing bonuses and then apparently <laughs> there will also be events, access to events that you might have missed or, you know, other things that might be time exclusive to only GTA plus members. So the game that's, I, I keeps yeah, printing I, money I, I, has found another way to add more money to it. Right. Yeah. I wonder if they started noticing a dip in uh shark was a shark card sales. Yeah. And they figured, you know what, if we do a sub, it's less money each month up front, but you get that constant revenue stream. True. And I mean that game has been at the top of sales charts for since over a decade. Release. Yeah. Yeah, it's nuts. All it's right. It's just another way to get their money. Next up, I was kind of excited about this story, uh, because I was really happy to to see that we're getting another Ghostbusters game. I really enjoy ghostbusters the franchise so this game seems like it 
might be a lot of fun to play out. It is by Studio Elphonic. It's called Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed, and it's a 4v1 style game. So they're the same people who made, I believe, Dead by Daylight or Friday the 13th or, you know, whatever. That genre of game where you have a group of people working together to take down one person. And I think that could be a really fun game. And the the trailer was quite enjoyable to watch. Uh, either of you Ghostbuster fans interested in this property? Uh, I mean, I love the original movie, but outside of that, like nothing else has really done much for me. Maybe the real Ghostbusters cartoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I haven't Same. even seen the. I haven't even seen Afterlife yet. Just, just I know, I need to see that too. Yeah, I've heard it was it was cool. I just haven't checked it out yet. Yeah, same. Uh, but that style of game did not click with me. Like I tried playing Evolve, and it was just it's 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 a challenge to balance a one v four environment um, game, right? Because yeah, either it's too unbalanced for the four, or it's too unbalanced for the one. It's it's tough. It's a tough nut to crack. I know. Kind of style. Our good old buddy Primordial Goo loves himself some Evolve. He wishes that it was still running strong. I'm going to go through a couple of these these last three stories pretty quickly. Uh, Crystal Dynamics has announced that they are working on a new Tomb Raider game. And it will also be in Unreal Engine 5. CD Projekt Reg has explained that or come out and said that they are working on a new Witcher Saga game. Uh, they had, did not number it Witcher 4 or anything. It's just saying it's a new saga. And that it will also be an Unreal Engine 5. And then finally, Unreal Engine 5 officially released uh, today, I believe. Yep. And they also uh, dropped in some... Uh, there was a game, I believe, come out called uh, Lumen in the Land of Nanite. Uh, a tech demo that demonstrates the two of the marquee features on Unreal Engine 5. Lumen is a dynamic illumination tool where the light adapts to the world naturally and easily. And Nanite, meanwhile, import film quality visual assets into games while maintaining real-time frame rate without dips in fidelity. So, yeah. Unreal Engine 5 seems to be the next big iteration in game engines. And everybody is excited for that because it looks fantastic, right? Well, it's interesting with the Witcher announcement because CD Projekt Red has just released Cyberpunk on their own engine that was it Red Engine 4? Something like that. And for them to just upfront say that they're abandoning that to develop on Unreal 5 is well, I guess a shocker for them. There's an article out there where uh, I believe it's uh, IGN or some interview somewhere where they were able to, they talked about why they went to Unreal Engine 5. And I think it has something to do with stability for the size of the game that they're looking at building, which kind of scares me how big that game is going to be. Cause I love the Witcher three and large games as Elden Ring has shown me is really hard for me to get through in an, any timely manner. So, but either way, Unreal Engine 5 looks fantastic, and I can't wait to see what several studios can do with that. 
So we've gone through the news. It is our first episode of the month. So Hop, give us a quick rundown of what's come, what we can expect to get our thumbsticks moving to later on. Let's see, today we got Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga. That's pretty much available on anything <laughs> current gen. MLB The Show 22 that dropped on the main consoles today. Um, Chinatown Detective Agency hits Xbox One Switch PC April 7th. Chrono Cross, the Radical Dreamers. That was a surprise announcement from Squaresoft, PS4, Xbox, and Switch PC. Godfall Ultimate Edition. That was a PS exclusive. Now we're getting it on PS5, Xbox Series X, S, PS4, Xbox One, yada yada. Sherlock Home Devil's Daughter Switch release April 7th. Slipstream PS, Xbox, Switch April 7th. House of the Dead remake on the Switch April 7th. 13 Sentinels Aegis Rim on the Switch April 12th. Cat Cafe Manager. You know I've been dying to play this. It's yeah. on the Switch and PC April 14th. Road 96 PS Xbox April 14th. Star Wars Force Unleashed on the Switch April 20th. Zombie Army 4 The Dead War on the Switch April 26th. The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe PS5 and Xbox Series X S. Uh, and Switch and PC, Vampire the Masquerade Blood, Blood Hunt, PS5 and PC, April 27th. What the fuck does this say? <laughs> Dofromantic, PC, April 28th. And then this game I'm kind of looking forward to. I may have to buy extra um, Joy-Cons, whatever they're yep. called. Uh, Nintendo Switch Sports for the Switch, April 29th. <laughs> I'm I've... looking at some of these games and going, what year is this? Like Force Unleashed? What's going on? Oh, it's a Switch. Yeah, it's a re-release of an old game. Yeah. <laughs> but they will probably make a good month, about a month. Good. There's a lot of older titles they re-release on the Switch because there's a lot of people that want to play it on the go. I get it. Or yep. that maybe never got to play it. Uh, let's see. Tag Community Updates. Tuesday nights this month for April tonight as we are recording. April 5th, they are doing some Halo MCC. April 12th is Horizon 5. These are Tuesdays. April 19th is Halo Infinite. April 26th, Horizon 5. Thursday nights, April 7th, Split Gates. April 14th, Rogue Company. Fuck yeah. April 21st, Injustice 2. April 28th, Knockout City. Uh, Friday night, Fight Club's been going good. We've been having a lot of fun with King of Fighters 15. But if you're interested in joining us, uh, come into the Fighting Game channel. Maybe make a suggestion about a game that's on Game Pass, and maybe we take a break. I'm thinking about maybe doing a once-a-month like Fight Club retro game break where we play either a Game Pass game or our our all-time go-to, which is Virtua Fighter 5 FS. Uh, Fen, what's going on in the Club of the Books? Uh, you know, I am not entirely sure what is going on, but uh, there's some talk about reading Starship Troopers or, uh, I don't know, There's there's... They're figuring it out right now, but we would love for you to come join our book club and you just add yourself the role and you can figure out what they're reading and enjoy some page turning classics or uh, some new books. They read a lot of sci-fi and fantasy style novels. So that leads us to our final topic of the night. And we are going to go into a little bit of a deep dive on 
subscription services, especially in the world of gaming, uh, with PlayStation announcing their new PS Plus, uh, as well as uh, Xbox having their services and you know all the major publishers, Ubisoft, EA, they're all they're all doing it. And I'm wondering, beginning to wonder, is every publisher and manufacturer or developer going to get into this subscription model? It seems like that's the way we're going in this world. Uh, There's a lot of money to be had in people signing up for a subscription, forgetting that they have it and continuing to pay 10 bucks a month or whatever it is over and over and over again. Right. I mean, that's how they get me sometimes with things. I, sign up for a service, forget I did it, or sign up for the free trial, and next time I, for the next four months I paid whatever it is. But in the terms of gaming, we've talked about on this show several times, Game Pass is a great deal. It's the best deal in gaming. You only have to pay a dollar, right, Ubo? And I can't even. You get to have access to all these games. And then day and day, all this stuff, right? <coughs> Excuse me. Now, PS PlayStation is getting involved in it now, albeit in a very, not a very different, but in a different way in the end with some of the things that they're doing. My question for you, gentlemen, is simple off the top. Do you think subscription services have a place in the gaming world? I'll start with you, Obo. I like I'm okay. See. I was prepared for a whole discussion about gaming romances. I didn't realize this was a, another $1 trap that you were baiting me into. <laughs> like, I had a 40-page essay about why Cloud should be with Tifa and not Aerith, and this is some bullshit, okay? <laughs> so, you had have known but, at some point in time in this episode I was going to $1 you. <sighs> Could just jumped in with the one dollar bullshit like I did with the Borderlands movie Ubu. It's, it's easy. Not, to throw them off. It's not a dollar. And you know what? The worst part is you probably forgot about it, and they've probably been charging you fifteen dollars for the past two years. You've just forgotten about it. And and like Netflix, like Disney Plus, like um, Paramount Plus, like HBO Max. I think we're kind of seeing the entire entertainment industry go in this direction. And, you know, I think we're kind of, you know, we're still kind of stuck in the $60 a game mentality that we really don't want to let go of. But video games are exactly that. It's a form of entertainment. Uh, This subscription service is just an evolution of video game entertainment to match with the other forms of entertainment that everyone's competing for. Right. Just about everything is a, is a streaming subscription now. Spotify, Apple music, Hulu, Netflix, Netflix, Disney plus, Paramount plus. Yeah. Like Netflix is buying up gaming studios. Yeah. They're going to be coming into this, this realm. Eventually, if I'm playing, if I'm playing Bloodborne, I am not, spending my eyeball time on a Netflix property. It's it's ultimately like Microsoft, Sony, whoever, these video game companies are going to be competing with 
all the other streaming services in every different medium um, for your attention and for your dollar. And nowadays, our dollar is going not as far as it used to with gas prices going up and everything, right? So it's, you know, it's an easy way for Sony, Microsoft to suck you in and get your dollar month to month, right? Or get you, not a, just a solitary dollar, but your money in general. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right. Like it is definitely becoming a norm rather than an exception, right? I remember when Netflix first started streaming ages ago and I was like, this is great, but there's nothing there. And then eventually the content started rolling in where me getting my DVDs in the mail from Netflix was a waste of time. So I just stuck with the instant, you know, access stuff. And then now I don't really purchase a ton of things, a ton of movies anymore. Now I will say Mr. Optimus over here has got me purchasing more movies now with his uh, retro futurist podcast, but that's a story for another day. And his 4k, you know, I don't know, evangelizing the streaming streaming 4K looks like garbage. It does. And but anyways, the whole thing is like, yeah, definitely everybody seems to be going this way. And so it was a matter of time for Sony and PlayStation to get on board with it, right? Now, whether they're doing it right or wrong, or if their way is just gonna be a different way of going about it, that's not really, you know, where I want to go in this conversation because yeah, I mean, we could definitely go down the rabbit hole of like comparing the two different services in a lot of way, uh, in a lot of ways and which one's better, which one has more value. Well, we won't know for sure because Sony's thing doesn't really come out until summer. So we won't know what their game catalog will look like other than we know a lot of first party stuff won't be there, uh, in terms of like newer first party. And I don't necessarily think that we need to see which one's better because, you know, Ubo, you're a PlayStation player. I'm an Xbox player. You know, we get at, get joy from what we play and what we have access to is what we have access to. That's not, you know, I mean, yeah, we can say like, hey, I would wish we would have this more, but we don't need to be assholes about it or asshats rather. So my next question for you guys is, do you think that there is any benefit to, I want to say, I don't want to say owning your game because we all technically really don't own our games, right? Like we just, exactly. we just get a license <laughs> to them. Uh, even if you have a physical disc, doesn't mean you own it. Um, but the, do you think that purchasing games outright at their 60, $70 is there I guess any benefit to that in a way other than it's just not available on a streaming service or game subscription service yet. Like, do you guys see one being better? I mean, find that uh, if it's not, if it's something that's not available, may not ever be available. And you know, you're going to play forever, no matter what, or at least you're going to get, I mean, it's right now. But the amount of hours you'll spend on a $60 game is still one of the, like the highest values in entertainment, right? Compared to going to a professional sports of any kind 
is a massive money sink comparing to buying. You could buy for a family to go to a sporting event in the United States, a major sporting event. You could buy a new console and a couple new games. Yep, it's wicked expensive. So, um, I still think there's merit in in buying a digital license for these games, but uh, but like if you're on Xbox, it's like a no brainer. If it's a Microsoft title that you want, you don't have to. If you have Game Pass, you're gonna get to play it. Um, the other ones you might have to do a wait and see, you know. Uh, but if you want to play it right away, you're gonna have to pick it up. It'd be interesting what you're going to say, Ubo, because, I mean, you're essentially using your a subscription to play Bloodborne right now, right? Right. I'm of a mixed opinion. I have mixed feelings about it. Like, one, the cheap side of me loves getting free games. Like, I wished, you know, I wish Sony had announced their new um, service would have day one God of War 2022, right? Um, those types of things. Um, because, you know, obviously, i rather use my dollar for, if I could, for something else. Like Game Pass? No. <laughs> mm, <laughs> Sorry, you walked right into that one. Man. No, well, well I mean, for some people, okay, honestly, for some people, gaming is a hobby that they spend too much money on when they should be spending on something else. Like, True. Whether they have a roof over their head or food to eat, right? You know, that, that cheap side of me wants everything to be free and part of a sub. Same time, you know, what is the economics of it? And for some games like a Destiny or a Fortnite, Fortnite doesn't make any sense. It's already free to play. But like a Call of Duty, right? Um, games that have microtransactions built into that, a lot of the times the game is is supported by the microtransactions. You can get the access to the game f- through the sub, and the microtransactions is where the real money's at for that developer. Then you have games, uh, some games where s- traditionally Sony has put a lot of its focus into is single-player experiences with no microtransactions. Uh, your Spider-Mans, your God of War, your Horizon Zero Dawn, Horizon Forbidden West. And I would love those games to be day one, but I can see the argument they would have about putting those games out when it costs them so much to develop. Like, we want developers to be well-paid and not work overtime and be compensated well. But that doesn't happen if... We're getting games on the cheap all the time. Um, so, like, I don't know what the economics is of Game Pass. Like, how does that work, right? And I don't, I don't necessarily think that the game of as a subscription model is the best model for developers that don't have microtransactions embedded into their game. Like, I don't, I don't see it. Um, especially if it's you know a game that costs a ton to make. Um, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I have no idea. Maybe they are being well compensated. I I don't know. Um, Unfortunately, I think we'll never really know, right? Some For of that sure, information is right? coming out though. Like uh, 
what was that game that came out recently that was kind of like the gear style shooter? Um, Outlanders, the, or the Outriders, yes. third person art, art, Outriders, Outriders whatever, yeah. The yeah. Well, like there was that... a lot of debate between Square Enix and the Outriders developer because they didn't hit their targets, and but. Our developer was saying no, we did. Square saying no, and a lot of people are like, "Well, a lot of people got to play the game through Game Pass. It hit some huge markers. What about all those Game Pass games? And maybe because all those Game Pass sales don't, they don't get full dollars for that. I know Microsoft pays up front for it, but how do they get paid on the back end for it? Right, that's the question." Yeah, I mean, there was um, something recently, I think it was like Guardians of the Galaxy or whatever, but there was like a estimated report of 5 to $10 million they paid to get it onto Game Pass. And, you know, but granted, it also was like six months after it came out and the sales of that game could have slowed down significantly to the point where, you know, getting 5 to $10 million now was the best thing you can do for your studio or developer right right or publisher but yeah i mean i don't know like my point was like i don't know if we'll ever really get a honest to god answer of what microsoft playstation whoever is paying to put those games on there i mean ea like ea access is putting their games six to eight months on there after they come out right and you get a 10 hour trial you get all the stuff uh with it but it it's not like it's just a immediate drops on their service you know day and date but i mean a lot of their games are becoming more games as service or games that have microtransactions or whatever it is uh there's not a whole lot of pure single player games like playstation has with horizon god of war and all that um, one of the things though I did want to say is like a positive of game subscription services that I have found has been widely preached by many people but that's been the fact that there are several games that I don't think I would have ever played or purchased to play rather if it wasn't right. on a subscription service like Game Pass you know I love Knockout City. I think it's a fantastic game. I don't think I would have paid the $20, $40, whatever it was when it released to play it. There was Carrion. There was uh, Nobody Saves the World, The Medium. Like all these games that I've played and enjoyed or had, you know, a lot of fun with, or in some ways, games I was really excited to play, tried it and realized it wasn't for me but I didn't have to buy it to be able to quit it. I mean, I don't know about you guys. Oftentimes when I buy a game, I play it. I try to get as far as possible to finish it before uh, I quit completely because I don't want to feel like I've wasted my money on it. Right. But on game pass, I don't feel that need to finish a game anymore. Um, So I think that's one of the biggest things that is kind of, uh, wonderful about these subscription services. Some of these smaller title games that I may not have 
got a chance to see early on uh, or get a lot of information on, we'll drop on there and go, hmm, let me just try it out real quick. Oh, this is a lot of fun. Or, no, this is not fun. Delete, right? Right. Right. Which is what I'm doing with Bloodborne, right? Like, I'm I'm trying it out to, to try some, you know, whether I like Elden Ring or not. Like it enough to try Elden Ring, right? Well, I think that you're going to find yourself a new hobby, and that's going to be some Soulsborns games. And I can give you a <laughs> lot, a yeah. lot of... Uh, <clears throat> you know, suggestions yeah. on what to play. Yeah. Might as well just keep dick punching myself while I'm at it. Um, you know, it's just, yeah, I'm trying to understand Tony's question here. Does the argument still hold on devs when it's a Microsoft studio though? Like with Acti, do we wonder if it's worth it once COD comes to game pass or because it is Microsoft owned, it's different. Well, you know, it, there's an argument to be had. There's an argument there where the purchase of developers like Bethesda, uh, like id, getting Doom and Elder Scrolls Starfield on Game Pass is where it's adding its value, getting you into that ecosystem, right? That adds value to Microsoft's Game Pass service. That's a hit Microsoft is willing to take. Yeah. Um, Sony apparently is not shown that willingness to do that with their first party titles. Um, Again, why? Who knows? Different philosophies, right? Um, I really hope that Sony actually will go ahead and um, integrate some of their other entertainment services into PlayStation premium, whatever, because they have a whole music division. They have a whole movie division. They, they also own, now own Funimation and Crunchyroll. Funimation and Crunchyroll. Like, oh my god, take my money. If they added that service to the PlayStation, like, I would probably just give up, like, all my other services and just be watching anime 24-7. <laughs> like, and that's going to be the real competitor. I mean, Microsoft's, or Netflix is getting into games. Amazon Prime has already merged music into their Prime service. So you can watch video and get free delivery on your shipping orders and everything else. It's it's going to be fascinating how these services integrate. And if Sony wants to add value to their service without putting their games day in day date like Microsoft is, they need to find another competitive advantage putting a demo at the highest tier so I can play 10 hours of God of War 2022 is not going to do it for a lot of people at all. Um, You know, they have top quality games, which are part of the service, past games, that's awesome. But if you're telling me, you know, I got to pay 15 a month plus pay 80 for God of War, I'm going to wait for a God of War sale. I'm already waiting for a Horizon Forbidden West sale. Uh, like I'll, I'll buy my time, right? Yeah, and I a lot of <clears throat> a lot of games that I know I want to play, but I have a huge <clears throat> backlog. Pardon me. Right. Or if I can wait, that's exactly what I do. I wait for them to go on sale. Especially, you know, certain publishers have sales like every other week. Uh, you know, if it's an Ubisoft game. 
unless you really got to have it day one, just wait like a month, you will get a discount. And if you wait six months, you're going to get a half off. Yeah. If it's an Ubisoft game, that's like, right. it's almost guaranteed. Um, so yeah. All right. So I have one final question about subscriptions and, uh, and I'll start with you hop on this one, but do you think subscription services will hinder or cause games to become of lower quality? The Jim Ryan argument. Uh, yeah, that's. Do you feel like it has already started that? I don't know. I mean, I feel like it's so new right now. I feel like everybody's gaming tastes are so varied and different and what people would agree is quality and what is... I mean, I've seen... I've seen... If you go to Steam and there's a bunch of cheap games and you're like, oh, this looks cool. And you look at the reviews like, this is fucking horrible. Like, what? You know, so... I think the more that you have the higher odds that you're going to run into some low quality i wouldn't necessarily say i think if you have a a person who their job is to like manage this curated portfolio of your streaming service then their job should be to make sure they get you know at least higher tier games with you know very few turds but yeah i could see how that could happen i mean like i said you look at Steam is so huge and everybody can buy everything, but I'm just saying there's a lot of turds on Steam if you if you if you just go buy deals or current prices. So let me <laughs> let me rephrase this question a little bit differently for you then. Do you think that and I'm gonna be specific here, Game Pass has caused games like Halo Infinite and Gears 5 to become what they are that takes you away from them. It's a loaded question. It's trapped. I don't I don't think so. So most of my issues with like Gears 5, I thought the campaign was good. The graphics were great. The campaign wasn't great. It was just good. Don't yell at me, Tony. Uh the multiplayer he doesn't know. Just he doesn't the, pay the design of the multiplayer <laughs> just lost me. And I know it lost a, a couple of old school Gears fans. Um, I think Halo's problem is completely different. And I feel like they are trying too hard to please uh, like a bunch of people that wanted Halo to go back to Halo 3. And they kind of lost themselves a little bit. That's my opinion on why halo infinite is kind of the mess it is it doesn't know what it is it's like towing the line between two different halos because they i loved halo 5 and to see them step back kind of backwards and go back to those i mean i was speaking more to halo infinite's campaign versus their multiplayer since that's free to play and not yeah the service Um, but but i i just the campaign was mediocre at best but i i don't know if i could blame that on on that I I feel like there was some massive changes going on at 343 that may be revealed as time goes on. Yeah. Well the Gears 5, I think the Gears 5 campaign continued right where Gears 4 was. Um I didn't like 
sort of the half-ass open world thing, but I still thought where they were going. I just didn't really... To me, Gears ended with three. Like, for them to bring it back the way they did, I I wasn't... I'm not totally sold on the idea. I'm having fun with it. But that's just me. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, Ubo, do you think that games will be hindered to appease (laughs) the subscription service model of... You know, having to have content, content, content. I guess that depends on the platform holder and what their philosophy is. If they want to push out content at a rapid pace to try to justify its value or if they rather have quality over quantity. Um, yeah, like that's... that that. Once you start talking about delaying game releases, you know, prices go up. Like, cost of the game goes up. Then you start wondering about whether the economics is there to support that dev in that studio. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure. I don't know. Again, it's, it's that um, forbidden door that we haven't, that veil that we haven't quite pierced yet. I think as the years go by, we'll have more stories like Outriders popping up, kind of pulling back the curtain on some of those deals. But uh, until then, I mean, we're just guessing. Um, If I remember correctly, though, the Outriders thing had more to do with Square versus People Can Fly than it was necessarily uh, People Can Fly versus Microsoft. Right. I mean, ultimately, we, we want... We want devs to, to we want to support the devs. Like, yeah, we, you know, um, Hop has friends working at, at some of those uh, Call of Duty games. He said in the past, and you know, we try to separate the bullshit that happens at some of the companies from the devs actually making the games because they're decent people, right? And we want to support them. Um, you know, I would gladly pay for. Uh, like Persona Five, I I pay played for free on um, on PS Now collection. After playing through that game, I loved it so much that I bought the Royale edition of it and paid another uh, thirty five, forty bucks for it just because I wanted to support the developer. So um, Streets of Rage, Streets of Rage Four was uh, on Game Pass, right? And mm-hmm. uh, it dropped and I was like, this is I freaking straight up bought it and I bought the expansion pack uh, because I wanted to support that team because I thought that game was amazing. I'd love more games like that. So I'm with you, but if I really, really like a yep. game, I may wait till they do a game of the year edition or, or a sale, but I will grab the ones that I know. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I did in the reverse order. I bought, you know, Death Store before it went to Game Pass and I've been preaching the hell out of that game since. So, you know. Go buy it right. or go play it. Either way. Well, gentlemen, I do thank you for your time in discussing this. And, you know, I I want to let you know that uh, as my time in council winds down, uh, I'm working actively working to build our uh, Tag Cast Plus membership subscription. Oh, dear Lord. That <laughs> it will only cost you $2.33 a month. Uh, it's more than a dollar. Yeah, you know, 
you know, what you get access to is, you know, an a mystery grab bag full of things that I won't tell you until you subscribe for uh, at least six months. So uh, we will have TagCast Plus uh, launching on May 5th, and uh, we'll definitely get those pictures of Ubo sent out there for Scotty to uh, to see, cool. as well as, uh, you know, all that stuff. So, yeah, uh, the, the $2.33 keep you out of purgatory for at least another day, Tony. Oh, so, that is some bullshit. <laughs> um, gentlemen, thank you so much. I do appreciate your time, but I'll give you a chance for any final words before we shut this down for uh, this episode of the TagCast. Ubo, anything you want to say? Any uh, memories of your Friday, April Fool's Day you want to talk about? Never happened. Cloud belongs with Tifa. Mario and Princess uh, Peach ultimate video game love story. Mario still being still being rejected though. Rough oh, times. Dang. Miss Mr. Hop. <laughs> now everybody, please keep listening to us at theadultgamer.com. If you're interested in my other podcast, the Retro Futures Culture, come check me out at ruminationsradionetwork.com or hit me up on Twitter at futuristretro. All right, and I am Fenrir765. You can find me on Twitter at TheFenrir765 or on Xbox Fenrir765. And I will, uh, you'll probably try and catch me trying to become the next Elden Lord. And until then, we'll catch you on the flippity flip.